for your loving kindness. Father, I thank you that that you value each one of us, that we're special to you. And I thank you, Lord, that um, you'll bless us this night and that you'll speak to each person, each one of us here that's, that's part of the service, each person that's listening. Father, you'll bless each one. And Father, I ask that you speak to each one of us the things that we need to hear, that you help each one of us to, to live a life that's closer to you. And I thank you, Father, for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I want to talk tonight about um, uh, how full of joy you want to be. So that's just kind of that question is, how full of joy do you want to be? And I think most of us would probably say, you know, we want to be all the way up, all the way full. Um, And so the the good news is we can be as full of joy as we we want to be, every single one of us. Um, and the other good news is God shows us exactly how. I mean, you can't be more ex- explicit of how to have full joy um, than what God shows us. And, and it's one of those things that we can actually have all the time. It's not something that, um, can, that comes and goes like, you know, maybe an, an emotion because joy isn't an emotion. It's something that, that's a fruit of the Spirit. And so we can have it all the time. And so I want to talk to us tonight about how can we be full of joy and so um, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about joy. Um, and the one that, that I wanted to start with is in John 15, 11. Um, Jesus talked a lot about joy. And he, he made it something that he emphasized. And in John 15, 11, it said, These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So it's something that he wants us to have. Remain in you means it's going to be there all the time, right? And then he wants it to be full. Um, and then just the next chapter down in John 16, 22. It says, um, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man can take from you. So I know a lot of times... I don't know about you, but sometimes people do, do things to me that, that I might let them take my joy. <laughs> and I might even think they took it. But this verse says, no man takes your joy from you. And so the, I think the thing is when, um, when somebody does something either against us or we might even, they might not even be against us. We might just think it's against us um, to remind ourselves, oh, you may do something to me, but you can't take my joy from me. And then that's something that um, is a huge victory for all of us in our lives if we can get to that place where, uh, you know, the, the person that's, you know, in the fast lane that won't move out of the way or they pulled out in front of me or whatever, you know, they, they cut line in the, in the drive-thru, they still can't take my joy. Um, and so, um, and then there's obviously lots of other things that people do that, that you know, it, it's just a reminder to us joy is not something that's temporary. It's not something that comes and goes. It's something that's deep in our hearts. And then further down in, um, um, in John 16, um, Jesus said, Until now you've, re- you've asked for nothing in my name. And this was when he was talking to his disciples. He said, Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So here's another, another indication of what we need to do so that we can have full joy. It's, it, God, Jesus is telling us, God's telling us through Jesus that we need to be asking for things, and we're going to talk some more about that. 
Um, and I've got a couple of, actually I've got four different translations of, of that same um, Bible verse. I was going to read it to you in the Knox translation. It says, until now you have not been making any requests in my name. Make them and they will be granted to bring you gladness in full measure. And the Phillips translation says, up to now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask now and you will receive that your joy may be overflowing. And the Living Bible says, you've tri- you haven't tried this before, but begin now. Ask, using my name, and you will receive, and your cup of joy will overflow. And then the last translation, the, I don't know how to say this word, weast or woost. Up to this time, you have requested not even one thing in my name. Be constantly making requests, and you shall receive, in order that your joy, having been filled completely full, might persist in that state of fullness in present time. Now think about um, all you know, lots of different translations in, in in the way that I summarize it is, Jesus is saying, I want you to ask for things, I want you to ask for them in my name, and I want to give them to you because I want you to be full of joy. And I think about um, you know our children or grandchildren, you know, if they want something and we have it, we want them to tell us and we want them to ask for it because we you know, and as as limited people, we may not know that they want it. God knows what we want, but He's saying this is the way that he set it up on the earth as we ask in faith in his name and then he gives it to us and that's what he wants us to do. I think sometimes we might think, oh, we're, it's going to be, you know, I don't want to be in trouble, I don't want to be needy, or, but God wants us to depend on him. He wants us to depend on him for everything. And the way that he set it up is, is we, only, we only have to ask in his name. If you keep going down in John, John seventeen thirteen. It says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. And then I'm going to skip back up to John 15, 7 through 8. And this is kind of what I'm calling a, a recipe for, for joy. Um, But in in verse 7, it says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain and your joy may be full. So if, if you think about a recipe, um, what happens if you forget? You do everything right, but you forget just one ingredient. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> and, I, and I often say this to Jared and Chip especially because I say it takes the same amount of effort to make something good as it does to make something really bad. And so, you know, you, 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 same effort, but if you forget that one ingredient, it's, it's bad, even though you tried. Um, and so one, one example I think of is one time um, I was making a chocolate pie and um, I was getting ready to do the meringue, but I didn't have the cream of tartar, you know, the stuff that makes the meringue, you know, sticky. And I could have just tried to make it without it, uh, but it wouldn't have turned out right. Um, and so um, the, the, the recipe for joy in, in these verses, the first one is abide in him. So take, making sure that we, that we know 
God and that we spend time with Him, that He's our source. He's the one that, that we know, that we get to know. And the second thing for the recipe for joy is His words are abiding in me. And so hiding, hiding God's words in our heart, making sure that, that we know the word um, and, and we're able to, to understand and, and have those promises in our heart so that we have faith in his word. And then the third thing is ask what you desire. I think we all sometimes for, just forget to ask. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to have that. Oh, forgot to ask. And so ask what we desire. And the last thing is, it shall be done. So there's only four ingredients to joy, according to this, um, to this recipe here in, in John 15. It's abide in Him. His words abide in me. I ask, and it's done. So we do the first three, and God does the last one, which is the hard part, right? We do the easy stuff, God does the hard stuff. Um, and Chip likes the story of our neighbor that he talked to about, um, he told him something similar to this about believing God for healing. And he said, you know, we do, we do the easy part. God does the hard part. He goes, yeah, but believing's kind of hard too. But it's really not. It's, it's, that's the way God made us. He made us to believe. He, gave, he gives us all kinds of, of excuses to believe. Um, there are some kind of, if you think about um, these are this, like I said, the recipe for joy. It's also a, a recipe for how we get our prayers answered, which is how the Bible says we get joy. Um, and there are reasons. Sometimes, if we're if we in a certain certain area of our life, if there's if there's no no fruit yet, um, there are sometimes reasons but that those prayers aren't answered. Um, and so, and some of them are the ones I just talked about, right? Not abiding in Him, right? Just not. Not, not spending time with Him, not getting to know Him. If we don't know Him, it's hard to have faith in Him, right? If, you, you know, if I know you and you tell me something, I believe you because I already know you. You've already, I've already seen you do it. I know you're going to do it. And so I have faith in you. Um, and the way that we have faith in God is just we know Him. Um, His Word's not abiding in us. So if we don't have that Word, um, the, you know, the, the accuser of the brethren... The enemy will put thoughts, and, and those thoughts will come, and sometimes they'll come very frequently and very hard, especially if we're going through a test or trial. So we have to have those, that word hidden in our heart um, so that we're ready. Um, and the nice thing is, for any of these reasons, we can change, right? We can say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do more of that. It's not a, a, a something that's a, a yes or no or something that we can't change. Um, not asking according to his will. So... Um, it says, it says, his words abide in me and ask what you desire. So if his words are abiding in me and I'm abiding in him, then the things I ask for should be things that are something that would be according to his will. And there's another verse for that. It's in 1 John 5, 14. I'll turn there. Me and, uh, me, I hope I'm not going too fast. You don't have to write all those verses down, by the way, Jared. I got them all written down over here. So, it's like, First <laughs> um, John five fourteen. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So that sounds very similar to to John, right? Where if His words abide in us, we ask what we will. So if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And I know Chip's talked about this before, but. If we ask something that's not his will, he never even hears it. He only hears his will. Um, and so 
And then it says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So um, the thing that if we've done those, those first three, um, and many of us um, have done that many, many times, sometimes we, there is a period of time when we just have to stand. We said, I know I'm abiding in you. I know your word. Uh, I know I've asked according to your will. Um, it didn't say it was going to come immediately. It might, but, it, but we do know that it will come. Um, and so, but not asking according to his will is another reason. And then, uh, and then um, not asking at all. And so there's a couple of verses that talk about just about asking. And they're in James, James chapter 4. It says in James chapter 4, verse 2, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, you, yet you do not have because you do not ask. And then it also goes on to say, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your loves, on your lust. And so asking, not asking at all, and then asking wrongly are a couple of other reasons that that our prayers won't bear fruit and won't uh, bring us joy. And so those things, again, um, the Lord can show us if, if, we're ask, if we're not asking, it's kind of obvious, and if we're asking wrongly. Um, and then um, not honoring our spouse, right? This, um, the notes are about the wife, but I think it probably goes both ways. <laughs> I'm almost positive um, that we both uh, got to do this. So First Peter 3, 7 talks about... Um, it says, likewise, you husbands dwell with, with them in honor, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, um, as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So we also have to honor our spouse and make sure that, um, that we're walking in love. And, um, and then the last, um, the last reason that a prayer may not be answered is when other people's wills involved. So when we're praying for other people, um, if we're praying about just anything that has to do with, with my life, if I'm praying about something with my life, it's, it's very black and white. It's up to me and God. He never fails, so it's up to me. <laughs> um, and so, but if I'm praying about somebody else, their will is involved. And so sometimes um, that, that may take longer. And so we just have to, sometimes we have to intercede. Sometimes we have to, we have to stand um, but that doesn't mean we don't get our prayers answered. It just sometimes there are there's other people's will um, is involved, and so um, those are those are some of the reasons um, that that our prayers may not bear fruit, and also that we wouldn't have joy. And so it's something that's good for us to just take that inventory, you know, say and, and ask the Lord, and not in a in a fear kind of way, but just in a you know, God, if I'm missing something. If you're big enough to make this whole world, you're big enough to show me I'm missing it. So if you don't show me, then I'm just going to I'm just going to keep standing. Um, and so that's something that that's that's brought me comfort over the years, especially if I'm praying for somebody else that it takes some time for for things to change is like, you know, if I've if I've missed it somewhere, you know, I'm going to I'm going to believe that you're that you'll show me. And so that way I can keep in faith and also have joy. All right, let's turn to 1 John 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 4. 
And it says again, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So, so we want the joy to be full. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And so the word joy itself means um, an outward expression of an inward hope. And so um, another, I've looked up the word joy in the, in the reg, regular dictionary, and it means cheerfulness, calm delight, and gladness. And having Bible hope, having the true hope, the hope that, that is based on faith, as an act of faith brings joy. And so joy is not an emotion. A lot of times I think when we think of the word joy, we think it's something that I feel. Um, but it's really not. It's, it's, um, it's from inside in our spirits, right? So we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And joy is part of, it's a fruit of the spirit, right? And so it's, it's like peace, it's like kindness, it's, the, it's a fruit. Um, and joy can be present even in the darkest of times, if we learn to yield to our spirits, just like peace can be present, just like love, just all those fruits can be present in the hardest of times if we learn to yield to our spirit and not to what we see, not to what we feel, not to what we think. And so um, and being that fruit of the spirit, um, fruit is something that originates or comes from something else. So Chip taught about the fruit of the Spirit a few years back um, on Wednesday nights. I was actually gone most of those, but I watched them on, <laughs> listened to them later. <laughs> I was gone all the time. Uh, but, but he talked about a fruit grows as a result of something already happening. Um, and so if you have joy, then that, it's a fruit. And so that means that something else had to happen before for that fruit to be produced. And we learned about that just a few minutes ago, right? So we pray, we get our prayers answered, and we get joy. Um, and that's and and again, God gave us that recipe of how to have joy, how to get our prayers answered. Um, and and uh, we know this. Um, the very first, what's the very first thing that God did to mankind? Bless. Yep, He blessed them. And then, um, what's the first commandment that He gave to mankind? Hmm? The commandment was not the first one. Let's look in Genesis 1.28, so that way you'll read it instead of just believing me. Just a small disclaimer. Uh, um, maybe it's a big disclaimer. <laughs> I did take my own notes, but Chip also shared some of his notes with me. So if anything's really awesome, it probably came from Chip. So, uh, and, in the, and I'll mix some of my stuff in there too. Okay, in Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful. So that's the first commandment he gave them was be fruitful. Um, and so he told, he told man to be fruitful. And um, the last, I don't know, it's been the last couple of months, I've been thinking about Adam and Eve a lot, just like wondering, wonder what it was like walking. You know, you, you hear, story, you know, it, it talks about God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And 
um, at that particular point in time, he's actually looking for Adam, or he, he, Adam and Eve are hiding. I don't know if he's really looking for him, but they were hiding. But, but I think about before that, before they, they made the, they sinned, what it must have been like for Adam and Eve to be so um, aware of God's presence that they could hear him walking in the garden. To be, um, they have all, you know, all the food they can eat, you know, all you can eat buffet every day, right? All the animals, they, they were super smart. They knew how to name all the animals. Um, I don't think there was any sickness in their life, any, any you know, aches or pains. We really don't know how long they were, from the time they, they were created until they sinned. It could, I don't know how long it was. I don't know. <laughs> could have been a long time. Um, but, but I just wonder about what it was like for them and, and also how much joy they had in their life. How much, um, how much of the fruit of joy that they were walking in. Um, and then also think about what, what, what happened to cause them to, at least for a short period of time, they walked away from God. Because they, the they had the perfect relationship. They had the perfect setup but they chose to listen to an outside voice. They chose to listen to a stranger that they didn't know. They chose to trust that voice versus trusting God's voice um, that they knew that that had been proven to them, but somehow they let that. And so um, I, I think about that because, okay, if, if Adam and Eve, I mean, they were pretty much perfect, right? If they can make mistakes, um, you know, just for me, it's a, it's a watch out for me to make sure it's like, you know, don't don't think that that um, that you can't be tempted or that you can't um, be drawn away if you listen to voices that aren't the voice of God. Um, and then I also think about with Adam and Eve. Okay, I wonder how they felt after that happened. So they went from God's presence pretty much all the time. Some snake shows up, starts talking to them. You know, to me, the brilliant move there, hindsight move, right, would be, God, what do you think about this snake over here? He would have probably told them. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, hindsight's good, right? But, yeah, seems like it would have been a really good thing to ask God. But for some reason, they convinced, they let the accuser of the brethren, they let uh, the serpent talk to them about, God's trying to hold you back from the better life. God's trying to keep you from something that's even more amazing than what you have. And so, you know, so they, so they do that. And then I just wonder how much joy they had once they realized how they had, how they had walked away from God. And the amount of, you know, before they'd never known what shame was like. They'd never known what, what feeling, you know, uncovered or naked was like they they only knew the presence and glory of God and now they're hiding from God and and it also kind of I mean I guess it kind of makes you stupid because thinking you could actually hide from God right <laughs> I guess we've all probably been there though but I don't think you know at that point um, the the normal what they were used to was gone and everything changed um, and the other thing they started doing is they started making excuses, you know, uh, you know, instead of just owning, they just started, you know, lying or making excuses instead of, of just calling on God and say, I messed up. 
And so, I, like I said, I've been thinking about, about Adam and Eve a lot, just like, how, you know, just so many questions in my mind about how, you know, what changed in their heart to let them listen. Um, and so, um, but, but we can learn from them and, um, and, and, and learn that um, not only can, can we make mistakes like that, but we can also be restored because he restored Adam and Eve. So um, if you look at 2 Corinthians 120. It says, All the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, unto the glory of God um, by us, or my version says through us. But so it goes, so. If we go back to what are the things that God wants us to trust him for? What are the things that God wants us to ask for in his name? He wants us to ask for all the promises, all the promises of God. And he said in, in, um, in John 15, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bear more fruit. Now we are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. And so um, joy being a fruit is something that, it's something that we can have more of. We can bear more. Um, God can help us with, with um, pruning it. Um, and, and, he can, and he can help us bear that fruit of joy through, uh, through our prayer life. And so um, we read the, the verse about abiding in him and his words abiding in you um and so the other thing that that the other reason that god wants us to have our prayers answered and for us to be in joy is so that other people can see that right and so if you look at matthew chapter 5 verse It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so some of our good works are that we're able to pray for folks and pray for others and, and have our prayers answered and to have joy. Um, I know, you know, a lot of times at work people, you know, why are you so happy? You know, and they don't know what joy means, right? Because happy in a way is really just more of a circumstance, but they don't understand, you know, how can you be happy? You were just in the same meeting I was in, and, and that was awful. So, yeah, but I'm put, you know, compared to God, <laughs> it's, it's nothing. And so we can let our light shine, and people can see, well, there's something different about, about you. Um, even when we were playing the sport for old people, is that what y'all called it? <laughs> we were playing pickleball. This one, one lady, she said, you know, because I'm, you know, some people in my family are very good, and some people in my family um, just, uh, you know, do the best we can. <laughs> some of us weren't gifted with, with as much athletic ability as others, but this one lady, she said, I like playing with you. You've got a really good attitude, you know, and so just, you know, I'm not going to let the fact that I'm terrible sometimes or I miss the ball, I'm not going to let that let me be in a bad mood. I'm going to be thankful. Hey, I'm actually able to come out here and play ball. And I'm, you know, I'm here with my family. And, and so people notice things that, you know, if we just let our light shine. 
And so um, in the parable of the sower, there's some really, some really interesting things about joy in there um, and, and about bearing fruit. So let's look at that. Matthew chapter 13, verse 8. Said, but um, this is talking about the, the seed, and it said, other, other seed fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. And so the, the point to think about here is the only ones that bore fruit from the word were those that had good soil. So um, good news is if you don't have good soil, you can change that. So in order to have good soil, we have to hear the word and understand it. So soil can be changed um, in, in uh, natural and in the spiritual. And then Matthew 13, 23, it said, But he that receives seed into the ground is he that heareth the word, understand it, and also bears fruit and bringeth forth 160 and some 30. So, bear, so hearing it and understanding it is the key to having good soil. Um, and um, in, um, in a, just a little bit above that, in um, Matthew chapter 13, verse 20, it's also in, in um, uh, it says, it's about he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. Um, when persecution or tribulation arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. And so started out good, right? Received it with joy, but there were some, some ingredients missing to being able to, to receive that fruit. And I, I actually looked up uh, that verse um, in uh, Luke. So it's the same story, just Luke said it. And in Luke 8, 13, um, it said, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. So, thought about my friends Adam and Eve again, right? Just, they, they believe for a while, but they, if there was a temptation. And so, um, and, and this is one of those things where it may not be every single area of your life. It may be this one thing, right? This one area that I'm just not being able to get the victory uh, but but I but I found some really good translations uh, of that one that that really it meant a lot to me. I hope it helps you too. Um, but they accept so one translation said they accept the word with joy, and they believe temporarily and quit in testing time. And um, and this one says when they heard it they were glad, but it didn't go down deep enough into their heart. They believe for a short time, but that when they have trouble, they stop believing. Been there, done that, right? So um, the seed that fell on the rocky ground are people who gladly hear the message and accept it, but they don't have deep roots, and they believe only for a little while. As soon as life gets hard, they give up. And when I read that, ver that version, I thought about our, our mission that we put on the wall over there, that we want to reach those that are lost and have lost their way. Sometimes people lose their way because of a, something that comes after them, right? It may be somebody says something really mean to them. It may be a, a test that they don't pass or whatever. But, um, but life gets hard and, and they, they give up. 
The rocky places in the field are the hearts of those people who listen and love what they hear and instantly take hold of it. But, but then they don't have what they heard deep in their hearts. And when they're tempted or trouble comes, they give up. Another one says, people are happy to hear the message of God, but they, the message does not change their lives and their thoughts. They believe in God for a time, but when they have trouble or difficulty, they stop believing. And then the last one I, I found was, um, they, they receive the word joyfully when they hear it. For a while, the power of the word lives in their hearts, but then when other influences rise up, they go off on other ways. And so... Um, that joy is something that is, is, we got to keep it deep in our hearts and we've got to make sure that it's planted and that we remind ourselves, hey, this might be a tough time, but that doesn't mean that God's not, not here to help me. It doesn't mean that I have to lose my joy um, and give up when, when it gets tough. Um, there's um, um, different, I looked up all the different times where joy, the word joy and the, um, the Greek was mentioned, and, and there's lots of different times when it's mentioned, and so I thought it might be, it might be helpful to, to learn about those. So one is um, in Matthew 13:44, talks about when when you find a treasure. So again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So. Finding a treasure um, is something that brings joy. Um, and then there was also um, a couple of references when, um, when folks went out and ministered and helped other people. Um, and so in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, said the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And so there's joy in, in being able to to get our prayers answered and to be able to walk with God and to help other people. Um, and, and I know we're, we're believing um, that, that the Lord will use us even more, whether it's here at church or in our individual lives, that, that we'll be able to, to, to minister to people the way that He wants them ministered to. Um, and, I, and I know that, that uh, that's something that, that, that God's already doing and He's going to do even more. Uh, more and more in Acts chapter 8 verse 8 actually we go to 7 um, it's just talking about the um, Philip because remember Philip was a was a deacon and then he then he started uh, praying for people and doing miracles and in verse 7 it says for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. So there's joy when God moves. When God does stuff, there's joy. Um, there's also joy when, when um, a sinner repents, right? So um, I've got a few references for that one. Um, Luke 15, 7. Um, it says, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 just persons who need no repentance. So it brings God great joy when, when there's repentance, when people turn to him, when people, when people come and accept him. 
And then the same chapter, verse 10, it says, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Um, and so God gets great joy uh, out, of, out of people moving to Him, turning to Him. Um, and, and it's not a small thing. In um, Acts 15, verse 3, It said, um, this was Paul and Barnabas. They, they passed through, um, they passed through, I don't know how to say that word, in Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. So again, Gentiles were converted, and there was great joy. Um, there was also joy when Peter was released from prison. So in uh, Acts 12, so another time God answered prayer, supernatural, right? It wasn't just a, um, it was a big deal. I mean, Peter could have been put in prison for the rest of his life, or he could have been killed. But he said, when she recognized, this is Acts twelve fourteen. when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, but it's translated, the same, it's the same word as joy, she did not open the gate. So she was so full of joy, she forgot to let him in, but there was joy there. Um, and then um, in Acts um, 13, verse 52, they were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Um, another place where, where there's joy is if we, if we run in, when we're running our race, when we're doing the things that, that God wants us to do. It says, but none of these things move me. It's Acts 20, 24. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace of God. And so there's joy when we're, when we're doing, running our race, not when we're running somebody else's race, but when we're doing the things that God told us to do. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about um, some of the uh, folks that, you know, Brother Randy and, and, and some of the, his partners, and then, uh, of course, Chip and, and you all. But, but sometimes um, in the past, <laughs> um, because I'm a preacher's wife, people have certain expectations of me. You know, preacher's wife, you need to be at the church all the time. You need to, you know, and so when they see that I work and I travel for work, and sometimes I can't be at the meetings that, that Chip goes to, some people, um, some people want me to run a different race than I'm supposed to run. And the thing I appreciate about brother, like I said, brother Randy, they don't they don't judge me, and they 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 don't put expectations on me different than than what the Lord puts on me, which I appreciate. Uh, Miss Patty kind of jokes. She said, "Somebody's got to buy baby shoes," <laughs> but uh, she's just joking. But the thing that that I, that here is um, that we finish our race with joy, and so if we're running our race, the one that God set us to do, there will be joy there. And so, um, and then um, in 3 John 1, 4. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So there's, there's joy for um, John knowing that, that his spiritual children are walking in truth, that they're, 
They're walking with God. They're, they're walking in, in, in the steps of Jesus. And so um, in Colossians 1.11, talks about joy and about how we can pray. Um, and it says, we're strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. So sometimes those words don't always seem like they go together, right? Patience, long-suffering, joy. It's like, wait a minute. These two over here are hard. This one's easy. Uh, but God put them together. And so um, strengthen with all might. That sounds good. According to his glorious power. I like that. For all patience and long-suffering with joy. And then giving thanks to the Father. And so this is, a, this is one of the, the prayers that... Um, the, um, that, that I pray for, for myself and, and us every day, that we would be strengthened with might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. A lot of times when, when we are needing to be patient and we're needing to have long-suffering, we for completely forget about the joy part because it's hard. <laughs> this is hard. Um, but that's not the way that it's supposed to be. If we're, if we're walking in faith, if we believe that God answers our prayers, and we can have joy because he's going he's gonna to work it out. And some things that, that I say to remind myself um, if I'm having to stand in patience and long-suffering is I'm one day closer, one day closer to, to that being manifested, or one day closer. And I also remind myself that the best is yet to come. And so those are two ways that I remind myself that I need to stay in joy. Um, and I do have a few translations that, that, of that one as well. We're praying, too, that you will be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what happens, always full of the joy of the Lord. And then the Passion Translation, and we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Um, the Weymouth translation, since his power is so glorious, you, that may you be strengthened with strength of every kind and be prepared for cheerfully enduring all things with patience and long-suffering. Um, and then the last one is being constantly strengthened in proportion to the manifested power of his glory, resulting in every patience and forbearance with joy constantly. So I think if God can strengthen us with his power then we can probably have joy, right? Sounds like a pretty, it's not even even, but it's a good deal. So um, let's look at James chapter one, verse two. Brother Randy's preached on this a few times. Um, Chip probably has too, but my brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. And uh, a couple of different translations, it says, count it exceeding joy and consider it a matter of unadulterated joy without any mixture of sorrow when you fall into the midst of trials. And this one is one where it's not, doesn't, it doesn't come natural to me anyway. It may to you, but it doesn't to me. When something doesn't go the way I want it to, the first thing I start thinking about is not typically counting it all joy. And so I guess that's why you have to count it. It's something that you have to, okay, I'm going to count this as joy. It's not joy, but I'm going to count it as joy. 
And not because we're martyrs, but because we know God's going to answer our prayers. We know that the outcome is going to be good because our God is bigger than whatever trial it is and whatever temptation it is. He's got an answer for it, and we start counting it as joy. We count, we're counting on God, and so we count it as joy. First Peter 1.8. Keeping Jared busy back there. <laughs> All right, we say, okay, let's go to First Peter 1.7. The genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, but believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And so um, that joy is, is such, is such a, a big thing in our hearts um, that it's, it's even hard to express sometimes. It's, it's, um, and another version says that you're happy with the inexpressible joy that comes from heaven itself. Um, and then this one says you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. Um, and then this last one says you, even though you can't see him, you are filled with a tremendous sense of glorious joy. And so that joy that, that God gives us is something. Uh, there's a, there's a, a song that says, This joy that I have, the world can't take it away. It says, The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Um, and so that joy is a joy that, that, that nobody can have because it's, it's between us and God. Um, and that's what makes it precious, right? Jesus had joy in Hebrews 12 in the hardest thing anybody could ever do, right? Lay down your life when you're innocent. This is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So he did things that were hard because he knew the outcome was going to be full of joy. He did things that he didn't want to do he didn't want to go to the cross. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. But he did it because of the joy, us. We're his joy. Um, and I thought about some examples in, in my life and other people's lives that of, of what I would call bringing, bringing joy um, and joy. And there's probably lots more, but these are the ones that just kind of stood out to me. And the, the, the most important one was... Um, I think I was, you probably know how old I was, but I think I was like eight or nine years old and Miss Riggs invited me to church. And so I started going to church. And then one day um, they, I think they prayed, they basically preached a similar message each week, but one mess, one time it actually <laughs> sunk in. <laughs> like, you actually need this, Chris. And so I went down to the altar and, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I remember joy. I remember um, she dropped me off, and I walked down our gravel driveway back to our house, and I remember feeling light, and I remember that joy. And that's the joy God wants us to have every single day, that same joy that, you know, we, when we first believed. Um, I remember when Chip was working in Gordonsville, so he was driving 30 minutes one way, and so it wasn't that bad, but, you know, sometimes if I was out of town and when the kids were sick, it was kind of, you know, an hour of driving. 
Um, and so one day we were just talking about it and we said, you, you know, his heart's desire was to have a job closer to home so that he could be help with the family. And so we were just like, you know what? We should probably pray about that. So that have not because you ask not part, we hadn't asked. But we did ask that night and we prayed the prayer of faith and agreement um, that Chip would be able to, to get a job in, in Cookville. And at that time, um, you know, um, there was no inkling of that ever being a possibility. And the very next day, when he went to work, they said, you know, we've decided we're going to close operations here in Gordonsville. And there was like four of them. And he said, you four can, can um, set up an office wherever you want to. It doesn't really matter. You just need to all work together. Well, they all worked in Cookville, so they set up an office in Cookville. And so it was the very next day after Chip had been driving back and forth for, he'll remember the amount of time, but it was a couple of years at least, maybe longer. Um, and so that, that brings us joy knowing that God cares enough about us to rearrange stuff so that we can, we can have that convenience. Um, you know, Chip and I, you know, we, we strongly believe that we needed to move to Dayton. And, um, and when I moved here, my boss told me that I'd ruin my career. I'll never have another job. And, you know, he was, he was really mad at me. Um, and so I was like, Price need to start looking for another job. Because <laughs> I was driving back and forth to Cookville, which was not real fun, but, but I was still doing it. Um, but I didn't want to do that long term. And, um, and so, you know, I just um, prayed about it and, and started looking for jobs inside of the company I worked for. I also thought about looking for jobs outside, but um, I, I got another job that my boss didn't care where I lived. And this was before, you know, now people work from home all the time, but back then it wasn't cool to work from home. People thought you were, you know, cheating the company or something, but it didn't matter where I worked because all my all the people that reported to me were in different countries. So I had one in England, one in Brazil, one in Mexico, one in China, India, Australia. Um, yeah, and so none of them were in the U.S., so it didn't matter where I was. I just had to, had to travel a lot, but I didn't have to be located anywhere. And since we've moved here, um, I've, had, I've got to do four different jobs, and each one of them has resulted in a, in a, a significant raise and a promotion. And so even though my boss and most people would say, you know, if you move away from a company and live further away in a small town that you're, you're going to have to work somewhere else. But God's worked it out where I didn't have to. And so, you know, it's a testimony to his goodness. Um, another place that, that the Lord's brought great joy is, and this one is one I've had to stand, I had to stand on for a long time, um, but my knee, <laughs> it was bothering me. And so it was, it's one of those kind of like, it wasn't debilitating, but it hurt, and I wanted to, you know, play pickleball and racquetball and ride my bicycle and run, and, and so, uh, but the Lord, you know, the Lord helped me to receive my healing. He healed me on the cross, right, but he helped me to receive my healing, and I'm so appreciative of that. Um, you know, Mr. Jared, you know, getting to go to school to be an engineer in Dayton, Tennessee, I mean, I'm convinced that's how Bryan College got the engineering program was because, because of Jared. And then he got a job in Dayton, Tennessee, doing the very thing that he wants to do. And his heart was to, was to stay here and serve. And so the Lord was, was good enough to, to help him find a good job. And then just so many other times, you know, we could go on for a long time, but about how God has provided divine safety and protection. Um, 
in some of the places, even with, especially with work, I've been to some crazy places. Um, we went to Juarez, Mexico. We were in a bullet, you know, bulletproof vehicle, and we, you know, I mean, crazy. But I've never had any harm come to me, or, you know, God will have to show us when we get to heaven if, you know, how the angels intervened and that kind of stuff. But, but they do, right? They protect us, and then um, divine health. You know, a lot of times. Uh, you know, we don't know all the things that, that the Lord protects us from and that we're able to just walk in divine health. And I also thought about, you know, your elbow and your, your, your arm, how the Lord just, just healed you. And, you know, that brings me joy, and I know it does you too, but just how good He is to, to answer our prayers and to help us. You know, and, and the, Miss um, um, Sue, Tony's wife, one time she told me we were singing... Um, I forgot the song. Okay, the one that he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. And she got her knee healed just from singing that song. Just like, well, if my knee's going to bow in heaven, I gotta, my knee's got to work. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get in line behind you, Miss Sue. But that's the thing is, is all of us, right, when we hear testimonies about how God's done things for each one of us, because I know we could all give a testimony of the things that God's done for us, that encourages us that we, we all serve the same God. And, and what he did for me, he'll do for you. And what he did for you, he'll do for me. And, and that's where we get that joy is knowing that God's going to take care of us and watch over us. And so um, um, I, hope, I hope this message helped you. It helped me to, to study on it some more and just, you know, I want my tank to be full, right? So, you know, when we're full, you don't, you know, if you're full of food, you don't, you don't want any more food, you're full. Um, when you're, you know, so we can be that full of, of joy where it's like, I don't even think I can taint anymore. It's just so much. It's all I can, you know, that's how full we can be. And, and, uh, um, I was at a, I went to Mac Hammond's church last Wednesday. I don't, I can't remember the name of the guy that was preaching. He was a guest minister, but he was saying, you know, he wants to be so full of joy that, you know, when somebody say, Hey, maybe I'll cut that pill in half. You're taking, you know, <laughs> some people just like, what, what do you want? You need to take half of that. Cause you're too happy. Uh, but just, you know, so full of joy that the world doesn't understand it. They don't have to. But, um, and it's not because we don't care about people, but it's because God's so big in us that, that nothing, nothing phases us. So, um, so uh, I think uh, let's pray and then we'll, we'll receive the offering. Father, I thank you for, for being so good to us. I thank you for your word. I thank you that, that we can abide in you that, that our, your words can abide in us and that we can ask whatever it is that is according to your word and that you will do it. And you want us to do that. You want us to walk. You want us to live according to your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you'll help us to do that. I thank you that your word is working in our lives, that you show us adjustments and changes that we need to make. And Father, we will stand. We'll stand on your word. We won't back down we won't give up. We won't walk away, but we commit to you, Lord, to stay with you. And we know that you'll help us, that we don't have to walk this walk alone, but you're there with us every step of the way. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I do thank you for the offering. I call it blessed. I call it blessed for the church and I also call the folks that are given into the offering blessed in Jesus name. Amen. You can come ahead, Mr. Jared.
All right, invite uh, people to come see Miss Marilyn. Uh, she always does a great job, and she's looking forward to coming. She loves coming to our church. Her daughter's coming as well, I believe, so that'll be nice to meet her daughter. Um, and, uh, and don't forget the church meal, and you're dismissed.